Hello everyone, welcome to Toonami Therapy, today on April 14th of 2022. I'm Michael. I'm Tommy. And we're here, as usual, to be talking about the anime stuff we've been watching. Some of which is, yes, on Toonami, as our title indicates. As it normally indicates, because, you know, the title doesn't change much. This is also the series where I constantly stammer and mess up our, uh intros all right let's get into it we'll start with our tsunami stuff we cover so we've got shenmue episode 10 so what happens here is uh let me see if i can actually remember this because this series is my achilles heel all right so they decide to go meet with the yellow heads what a name in <laughs> fact in fact, come to think of it, this takes place in Hong Kong. Isn't that kind of a racist-sounding name? What was the name again? Yellowheads. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, they were the one who... The gang chose the name themselves, so maybe it's supposed to be ironic. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so our characters go there, but they get captured. They ma But then they manage to escape... They end up uh, managing to get some, and after some more investigations, they end up finally finding, managing to get to the something zoo, I can't remember its full name, Lawanda Zoo, something like that. They say it so many times and I can't remember it. Anyway, they find him, but then the other guys, the yellow heads, uh, followed them and got there, and then it looks like there's going to be a fight at the end of the episode. Yeah, it looks like Xu uh, Ying is about to uh, take down that one guy, which makes me excited. Uh, yeah, I I thought this was a good episode and had a pretty good setup for what's coming next. Yeah, it had some points that were a bit cliche, but it was still reasonably entertaining. We've only got a few episodes left of the series, so we'll see how it uh, concludes. I wonder if this is the... Because I have no idea how far into the game we are. I, I'm wondering, will this cover the full game, or is this actually just part of it? Okay. So then we get to Attack on Titan, episode 84. So, um, in this one, the characters all end up, uh, you know you know, be joining together because they have the plan to try to stop Aaron's plan, and uh, then they spend most of the episode arguing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that really is... Mo most of the episode is arguing among the uh, characters. Yeah. yeah, and all these uh, sad stories, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, and uh, then they basically uh, are going to go to try to stop Aaron still so um <laughs> nothing's really changed <laughs> yeah I, I mean I guess we found out a few things about them and we got some arguments but uh yeah that was <laughs> not really that much functionally happened other than I guess coming together a little more clearly it's like okay this is your last chance with these characters so 
here's the last thing you get to find out about them before they die or otherwise are no longer necessary. So, yeah, this was a really dull episode. Hmm. Okay. So, after that, uh, well... The only thing I really found, I, I really remembered, was when they were saying, oh, that whole thing Yelena said about how her homeland was conquered by Marley and she wanted to free it. Yeah, that was kind of made up. She was just, she just made that up really to herself uh, because as her justification for wanting to go against Marley. And I'm thinking, oh, I guess that was part of her motivation. So the most memorable thing in this episode for me was saying, was a was a retcon of something that I had forgotten about. And I couldn't tell the difference between Yona and Annie and Armin and Connie or whatever is there. No, that's the wrong one. Um, I just can't tell the difference between all these blonde people. Annie's they make Annie's not so hard because her hair is longer. But yeah, Armin and Yelena, their hair looks way too similar. And I mean, I guess when they talk, you can re remember it. Because, okay, Armin's a guy, even if he does yeah. have a kind of higher voice. And Yelena's a girl. But it's still, they still look too similar. Yeah. And I've had, like, when I see Mikasa, like, most of the time I don't even realize that's who that is. Because they changed her, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So, we get Assassination Classroom, episode 38. We get the rest of Koro-sensei's flashback. So, he's still being experimented on and such. Uh, and he's getting all the tentacle uh, power things. Uh, meanwhile, the, the, the people who are testing that on him are also testing... Um, and on some other things, and then it, which ultimately is what actually caused the explosion that destroyed most of the moon. Koro-sensei does use the opportunity to uh, tr try to escape from it, the whole um, place. Mean, and he manages to get out, and it's all destroyed, and although, uh, what's her name? Uh, that, that person who was going to be, Kaede's sister... Who, no, not Kaede. Yeah, that is her name, Kaede. I thought it was wrong for a sec because I thought, wait, that's an Inuyasha character. I don't think, mm -hmm. oh, no, no, they're both named Kaede. Okay. Um, right. She ends up, and he seems, uh, it seems good for him because he's like, oh, she's alive. And then she immediately gets killed uh, <laughs> by by this, like, trap thing. It's like, oh. And, and we have this big romantic moment. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Kaede sees them and thinks that Koro-sensei killed uh, her. So anyway, so Koro-sensei's uh, decide... Uh, so that's the whole story there. And I think it was it's supposed to be established that, yeah, the reason Koro-sensei is a danger to Earth isn't because he wants to destroy it. It's because the whole thing's basically set up this thing in him so that if he uh, is still alive by some timeline, then he'll blow up and Earth will be destroyed. Uh, which is... So that's why I was talking about the whole destroying the Earth thing. Anyway, so he tells but, all but, that. But that begs the question, why didn't he just let 
the students kill him right away. That way the earth didn't get destroyed. Uh, cause he wanted to teach them, I think, because that was what <laughs> was going to be, that was going to be the job of the person who he had the semi relationship with. So he wanted to, um, do her job for her. That, that was what she like, uh, asked him to do. I think. Teach random children how to be assassins who don't kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you definitely did make them a lot smarter. Uh, so yeah, so that's the whole, um, story there and uh then so the kids find that out but then they kind of lose all interest in killing him especially because of the fact that well i mean is there any real need if he needs uh to be killed can't they just do wouldn't he be willing to let it happen anyway or uh yeah anyway but then uh, so ultimately nagisa says says to the others okay so kuro sensei's had his big giant flashback we know that means he'll probably die uh, um, as a result. But what if we what if we decide um, to uh, to subvert ex expectations and save his life instead after the big flashback? Remember, Game of Thrones and the Last Jedi haven't come out yet, so subverting expectations doesn't carry negative connotations any right now. Uh, I didn't think that was subverting any expectations. I kind of figured. They were gonna do that from the start, you uh, know. No, I just no. I meant subvert. I meant on the expectations of the character dying from the flash. I was trying. Um, I was trying to make a joke on the whole mm -hmm. characters die right after their flashback thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my thing. Okay, maybe it didn't turn out the way I wanted. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he suggests, hey, how about we try to save uh, him instead? And yeah, that's the episode minus my. In retrospect, not great attempt at a joke. Uh, no, I didn't realize you were making a joke. Oh, <laughs> I I was like, yeah, that that wasn't that wasn't all that unpredictable. <laughs> it was like, of course they're gonna try to do that. Okay, well, all that aside, I thought this was a pretty good episode. I, I like the fact that we we got the backstory. And such, and uh, well, honestly, a lot of it you kind of based on how Cora Sensei acted. Like I mentioned earlier, it was really it was really obvious that he was either going to not actually be a bad guy at all, or mm. we were, or it would reveal that all of his like you know acting goofy and nice and stuff was all just uh, a fake for um, him. And uh, and as we see, it's gone with the first option. Yeah, what I expected was that it was. I didn't expect this, but I kind of expected like they were. He did some bad things in his past, and now he's looking for redemption, and he needs the kids to give that to him. That's that's a little like it is, but not quite. Like I didn't think that. Oh, he didn't even mean to kill, destroy the moon or go in to destroy the earth or anything. So I predicted that incorrectly. So I got it wrong. I'll admit it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, assassination classroom. Then we get Made in Abyss, episode 13. Um, or the one where it finally starts to actually justify that TVMA rating. Okay, so basically we find out that uh, 
Nanachi's backstory that she and Mitty were uh, formerly orphans who were basically being experimented on in regards to the abyss and the transformations they went under were the fact that in testing out the curse of the abyss or whatever they basically put made them go into this elevator had the elevator go way down and then they just pulled them back up and uh, that's the one that caused Mitty to turn into the weird sort of monster thing and turn Nanachi into a furry yes so which does bring up a question here. So the, the test was that they have the elevator go down and then they bring it up. Okay, how do they get the elevator built? Because if anyone goes down there, if they go up, then that happens to them. So, like, how, you'd either have to have people go down there and never come back up. Or you'd have to somehow assemble it all remotely, neither of which seems that likely. Was was that ever explained? Because I don't think it was. Uh, pardon the pun, but it was a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, we find out all about that. The effect of the going back up... Uh, Midi apparently has been basically made immortal, uh, except not so immortal that Ray can't kill her with. Uh... <laughs> that that made no sense to me. It's like, yeah, she's immortal, but you can kill her. Like, like you're you're just kind of like begging for a reason to have her killed. You know, I don't know. Yes. Well, the. The, the being that previously could was unkillable despite multiple attempts is taken out by a flamethrower I guess <laughs> um, that would that would that would be if like uh, if if um what dang I had an idea but yeah that, that would be like if just randomly um, in assassination classroom how does Koro Sensei die uh, someone just hits him with a flamethrower and that's it the end mm. Actually, that makes even less... Uh, actually, this makes less sense because at least there, it's been established Korosensei is more... He's, he's strong because he's speedy, less because he's, um, like, that strong and withstanding things. So, uh... But, uh... I, um... Yeah, anyway, I guess... So, yeah, it was a little weird that, oh, we can't kill her, but, yeah, fire? Yeah, that can totally kill um, them. And... Anyway, so ultimately that's done there. They finish all healing up and um, Rico and Reg tell Nanachi, hey, you look, you're in the final credits and you haven't, uh, and it makes it look, and it's just all this stuff about you and us traveling around and you haven't really joined yet. So it seems like since this is the last episode of the season, uh, you kind of have to join at this point, right? Nanachi's like, yeah, okay. And then they, uh, just go and uh, that makes it the end of the season so uh, some of this episode was kind of hard to watch because it was basically a story about euthanasia and about how they needed to let someone get put out of their misery, which is very 
difficult to watch after you've had a pet have that same thing. So, yeah, I felt very uncomfortable watching this episode. Um, at least we see Donichi kind of join the club. But um, I, I guess we know why it's rated TVMA, but... Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like it was dark for the sake of being dark. Like, why did those two people have to go down in tubes? Well, because we need a reason for them to come back all messed up. <laughs> and it was like, it didn't make much sense. But, yeah. So, I don't know. This was kind of hard to watch for me. Well, that's... Yeah, it is a little weird that, like, the whole series gets that rating, but there's really only two episodes at most, I feel, that warrant it. There's um, yeah. this one and that previous one where um, Rico got uh, pretty uh, messed up. And that kind of felt like it, unless I'm misremembering something. It, it just kind of almost felt if like, well, why even have those at all if the rest of the series is not really going to feel much like that but um yeah uh so i guess since we've finished the season uh we can talk about our overall thoughts on the show yeah my overall thoughts were that it took way too long to begin and it it, it wasn't bad you know it, it had its moments, but I feel like the the show didn't really start until like episode seven, and because of that, I feel cheated. Like I only saw half a season, and um, yeah, it's just just too slow. That that would be my biggest problem with it. I don't think it's a bad storyline or anything. I, I just think they needed to try to uh, get things going earlier. Yeah, that is definitely the biggest problem with the series. It taking a while to get going. Um, I will uh, say one nice thing about the anime is it does take it does take out or at least reduce some of the more I, I guess like weird fan service stuff that I know it had with Rico in the manga, which is, like, which is weird considering like she's 12, I think. <laughs> and, and when I say weird fan service, I mean, literally there is, um, literally remember that scene where she's shirtless uh, in the anime, but her hair is of course covering everything up. Yeah. It's not covering stuff up in the manga. Wow. Yeah. So that the uh, watching the anime is, the better way if you don't want to like feel very uncomfortable with some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, talking just about the anime, it did take a while. It took too long to get going. And when you get down to it, when you look at it over the course of this season, not, I know it's only been, uh, was it 12 or 13 episodes 13 episodes 14 if you want to count the last one is two episodes it feels like we still haven't really gotten that much farther 
in the story because most yeah. of it is just them going being going down in the abyss. I mean, there's been a few things you have like a sort of a training arc or survival arc and a new character joined up, but it doesn't feel it feels like a lot of this has just not felt very connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I mean, as far, it, it wasn't, it still wasn't a bad show. And, uh, having heard of it before, it was nice to watch it, to see what people thought of it. We, the second season is airing in July. We'll see about that. It's, uh, if they air it on Toonami, I'll definitely watch it, although I'm not necessarily sure if, you know, it's something I'd go out of my way to watch unless I hear mm-hmm. people say, oh, it's a huge, big improvement. Mm-hmm. All right. So we come to One Piece, episode 539, which is uh, the only, uh, only one episode... Uh-huh. So in this episode, we let's see. So the bad pirate guys start taking over uh, the place and are forcing all the people to step on a picture of uh, the deceased queen, which I think is supposed to be uh, a reference to how I remember uh, back in the past when uh, Japan decided to outlaw Christianity. They tried to like put people through tests by making them like you know stomp on some picture of Jesus or something like that. Uh, wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have really done much if they were an iconoclast, but uh, that that was that was a movement. Um, that's the name for the a movement a while yeah. ago that uh, about people who were like really against uh, you know having religious images yeah. and stuff and they would have been like oh yeah sure go ahead destroy it we don't like them um, anyway my uh, semi obscure historical joke aside uh-huh. we've got uh, they've got that um, then it cuts over to talking with uh, Jimbe we get a ba- we get some flashback stuff to Nami's backstory. Ordinarily, this this sort of thing is kind of annoying, but considering this backstory hasn't been particularly relevant for about 500 episodes, it actually is nice. And when I say 500 episodes, I'm not joking. Literally 500 episodes, we were in the middle of the arc that was about that. So what do you we, mean? The the one the one with the the arc about Arlong and stuff, um, that was that they were talking about here. That five hundred episodes ago, episode thirty nine, that was the middle of that arc. Wow. So so that was basically <laughs> flashbacks to information that was given in that arc five hundred episodes ago. So you mean it would be like bleach <laughs> at the. Like, at the end of where the anime ended, like, Bleach suddenly uh, going back to Ichigo's high school and uh, having him interact with the other characters who he was in school with. Something like that? A little like that. It's, um, it's like none of the, like Arlong isn't back or anything, but there, but like, you know, the effects of his presence and stuff are referenced and things. And you get the stuff about Nami's backstory about how she was kind of forced to work for him and stuff. And, uh, yeah, so we got, we had that and, 
after we get through um oh would it be like uh jojo bringing back hamon after all those parts where it was all about stands be like oh no now we're using hamon again it would definitely be like if they spent a bunch of time uh, going over why, uh, Dio's backstory about turning <laughs> into a vampire, which, come to think of it, they didn't really do that in uh, Part 3 when he came back. They just said, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he's a bad guy and he's a vampire. Okay, that's all the backstory you need to know. <laughs> as far as I can remember, that's all that the information that was given in Part 3. It was like, yeah, he was a vampire and he was in that ship and, uh, yeah, all that stuff. But uh, JoJo didn't have a need to, you know, pad out stuff, so we didn't get much in the way of detailed flashbacks. Mm-hmm. That said, I'll still give it credit for here because it's been so long, and since you probably had no idea about any of this, it probably was useful for you. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they talk about that stuff and about how, yeah, Arlong was a pretty rotten guy, but in a little bit of fairness, the humans weren't treating um, him or the other fishermen uh, well to begin um, either. And... Then what's a, what's a fishman? It's like oh, it's like all like the fish, like the part fish, the guys you know, like the guys who look kind of like fish. Oh, that okay. they've been hanging out with. I think they established that fishmen are technically different from mermaids, but I can't remember exactly how that uh, worked out. Um, was it that the fishmen were the males and the mermaids were females, or was it that it could be a different? way i can't remember but yeah the fishmen that's that's like all the guys that are around in this village because it's like the fishman village or something like that so yeah we kind of got some backstory and there was a bunch of talking and then we've had um and uh then they were talking and uh yeah that's that's the big stuff that happened not much to say really yeah one other thing is that, unfortunately, they the attempts to kind of have emotional stuff with Nami is kind of undercut by the fact she's been given a pretty ridiculous outfit this arc. Like, she's basically just wearing a bikini top, essentially. So, you know, it's showing and she's, it's supposed to be all emotional. I'm like, yeah, that's a kind of goofy outfit. She, she, like, changes her outfit every single arc, basically. How do you know there's a new arc? Well, it's when she wear, starts wearing a new outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to keep that in mind next time I see Nami it's like okay we move on to a new arc now <laughs> okay yeah not much else to say about one uh, piece especially because we got had just one episode and unfortunately watching one piece episodes is kind of like watching half an episode as we've discussed <laughs> yeah alright so we have, we get past our tsunami stuff and talk about Bo 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 Bo, episode 17. Hey, I can say that right now. I can say it right. Bo 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 Bo, right? Yes. I got it. See, I, I, I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... So they encounter Captain Battleship, uh, the guy with the super... Um, uh, big um ducktail hair who also can use fist of the nose hair and a and new boba bow in the past uh although the story that they give for their for them meeting each other when they were in like uh like training uh 
it's indicated they didn't know each other at that uh, until that point. But later on, there's a flashback that shows they did know each other when they were even younger than that. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, I probably shouldn't be putting that much thought into this show. Of course, they're both crazy, so maybe they forgot. Anyway, so they uh, do that. We find out basically Captain Battleship is one of the Chrome Dome Empire's big four, uh, but he's been beating up, he's been beating up the other members of the Empire because he just wants more power. Yeah, then he has one of his minions turn uh, Beauty into a doll and runs off with her and says that if they want to rescue Beauty, they'll have to go to uh, his fortress, the Pomade Ring. So they end up recruiting Jelly Jiggler and Softin to help. They get Jelly Jiggler because he had to go back to the store to be, and Bobo just buys him. So he's like, okay, I'll join you. Mm-hmm. And now that they've gotten... Uh, that stuff, uh, then they're going off to try to rescue Beauty. So, yeah, I thought it was, it was, it was decent. Some of the jokes were kind of funny. I, um, trying to think of what I I thought was the best one, but for some reason it's blanking on me. Mm -hmm. Kind of feel like it was a little, uh, I, I mean, it seems like we've got a little more of an ongoing um, plot. Yeah. Anything else to say? No. Okay. So we'll skip um, through that. Then we'll go through the three episodes of Fate's <laughs> Day Night Unlimited Blade Works we watched. Okay, I'm going to try to go uh, through my synopses of the... Uh, you, um... Them fast. Uh, episode 1. Archer and Shiro continue fighting, and even though it seemed like we were done with the philosophical talk of uh, <laughs> last episode, they're still doing philosophical talk. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, though, um, Shiro manages to uh, win while, uh, but then, uh, while, uh, but Archer's like still alive and stuff, but then, I mean, but then Gilgamesh shows up and just kills him. Mm-hmm. Then, um, and the, anyway, and then Gilgamesh is like, well, you know, there's still some episodes left, so I'll see you later. <laughs> uh, he then uses his, uh, because he wanted to do the, I can't remember the specifics, but he had to put the thing into a person. And since Rin wasn't available, he just did it to Shinji instead, which starts making him mutate and turn into this giant weird uh, thing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, by putting Elia's heart into it or, and such. So then the other characters, we've got uh, just Shiro, Saber, and Reen. They go uh, home. They end up, uh, th- uh, let's see, Reen does, uh, in order to give Shiro the more power, the implanting of the magic crest or whatever uh, thing, allowing them to share mana storage or something like that, and, and you notice they had to take their shirts off, just for the plot. You know, just for the plot, they had to take their shirts off. Uh, <laughs> well, he did. She was still wearing her undershirt. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they had that, and then they that's accomplished. So then they end up uh, going over to. They decide, okay, we got to stop the bad guys' uh, plan. So they go over to the temple where it's being done. Saber fights assassin and wins. 
Um, Gilgamesh gives a bunch of philosophical monologues to Shiro while Reen's trying to rescue Shinji, and then they end up fighting, and uh, Shiro seems to actually be doing okay against him. But, um, and, uh, but then uh, Gilgamesh pulls out, like, some super-powered sword that Shiro can't, because Shiro's basically beating Gilgamesh just by copying his stuff to negate them. He's like, oh, I don't know how to copy that. And, uh, yeah, that was basically the episode. Episodes. Have you noticed that, like, how, like, Saber seems to be just kind of superfluous? You know, like, it's like, okay, we'll just have her go fight this side battle. But she's not really who we're focusing on. Like, I, that's the big difference from the original Fate Stay Night where it was all about Saber. Now, this this series, Saber's kind of useless. I mean, she'll win some of these little battles, but she's not the center of attention. Yeah, well, this one, um, the first anime was an adaptation of Saber's route, and this anime is an adaptation of Reen's route. Yeah. One, uh, so, yeah, that's why we end up like that. Now, I did, now I was just, now you kind of touched on it a little, so maybe you, uh, have, uh, so maybe, um, so you probably did, but, uh, the part where they're doing the mana transference or implantation or whatever, did it seem to you like that whole scene, like the way they're acting and talking, it's one of those, it seemed like it was one of those things where, you know, they're do, they're doing the mana transference thing, but it's kind of like they're acting and talking about something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know, there's a strong innuendo undercurrent <laughs> to the whole thing. Yeah, something totally different from mana transfer. Yes, yeah. well, uh, that's because in the original game there was no subtext. That's literally what they did. That that was how like the mana transference um thing worked. They uh they had sex and that um caused it. Wait, they had sex in the original game. The original game had uh had uh, was adult rated. It had in each route. It had um it had um straight up sex scenes in there. <laughs> okay, so that's the reason why it never uh, was it ever put out in English. I mean. No, but I should. There was a later release of the game that uh, they added, uh, still in Japanese, but it they there was like some changes. Like they uh, changed some of the music, they added voice acting, and they also uh, toned, like cut that stuff out. Um, so what they did in the anime here, this is what happened in the like re-release of the game. I think they mm -hmm. had they played it out like this. Um, man, man, I wish we got visual novels uh, translated because there's so many good visual novels that I would love to play, and they're just unplayable because you can't speak Japanese. So. It is there is a there is a patch on um, some fans of Fate Stay Night made that let you play through the uh, visual novel in English. Um, so that that is possible, but it's never gotten an official translation. Um, so 
So yeah, that was what. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's totally what happened in the original uh, visual uh, novel. It was adult uh, rated. It had some uh, fairly explicit, uh, like uh, a scene there, which, from what I've heard, because I haven't looked at it, I've heard it was actually a uh, really badly written that scene. Also, <laughs> people like say, yeah, the sex scenes—they're really badly written. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but this was the anime, so obviously they didn't have that. Yeah. Okay, so now you know um, that. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there was at least one of those scenes in each of the three um, routes, uh, but the anime adaptations, obviously, and as well as the re-release of the game, it was called, I can't remember what it was called, but that's the one that, like, you know, uh, cut those things out or replaced them with other uh, things. It, it's weird, because it's not even, it's like, from what I understand, a pretty small part of the game, but they're still there, so, the original version. Um, so, yeah, so that was uh, Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, in terms of general content, uh, there was a bit... I kind of feel like if Archer was ju- was just going to die, we really could have cut down on all that philosophical talking between him and Shiro. And then Gilgamesh starts doing it also. Yeah. Uh, so that was the uh, big um, part. Uh, that was the biggest issue I had with those i kind of feel like the pacing's gotten worse after um after cast after they beat caster i feel like the series hasn't been quite as good there's still been some decent stuff but uh or hang on did they beat cast they no they beat caster with that that was that before after they um fought elia well no they didn't fight elia but they they fought um, elia fought gilgamesh and lost Whichever one of those two happened second, I feel, since then, it hasn't been quite as interesting. I mean, it's still good, just not as good, you know? Well, I, I mean, I agree with you that these episodes weren't as good, but I I thought the, la- the two last week were actually very good. But yeah, these ones this week, uh, the whole mana transfer thing, that was just like, well, I don't have to say it, but um, yeah, the it's yeah, it seems to be less quality than um, it was before. I I can agree with you there. Okay, yeah. Just for the record, the uh, second version of the game that was released uh, for. Uh, later on for PlayStation 2 and Vita. That was called Fate Stay Night Railta Nua. I I actually have no idea what language that is. It sounds like a French thing. But yeah. We had that. Um let's see, was there anything else I had to say about this? No, not too much. Although I will be fair and say the second half of the last episode, after we had spent the first half of that with Gilgamesh just monologuing a bunch of stuff, then we had some good action. So I got some definite hopes that the series can finish on a high note in its last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, that's all of our shows then. So... 
for our top threes. Now so I have to get out my uh, spreadsheet for this. Okay. Let me get out my spreadsheet while you do it. Okay, so for me, I will say for third place, I'll put Maiden Abyss. It's a little unfortunate that uh, when the show starts really starting to get more interesting, it ends. Mm -hmm. um, for second place, uh, the Fate Stay Night episodes. And then Assassination Classroom gets first place again. Uh, again, I think it got first place last, did it? If I think it did, but it got first place for me this week. Okay. So, uh... Trying to decide here. Uh, and I never have this much trouble. Uh, do you do you want me to like I I don't know like list the shows sometimes if if you no, I have I have the list I just can't. You know what? I'll just give first place to Fate Stay Night, second to Made in Abyss, and third to Senmu. Okay. I was just going to suggest that because sometimes if someone lists it for me, suddenly I start getting it, uh, understand, remembering it better. Okay. All right. So that's our shows. Let's see. So uh, we're getting near the end of some things, and uh, we didn't add a new show this week because we were going through three episodes of Fate Stay Night, but we've only got two left, so we can try out something new uh we're going to try out uh, uh a very new show um spy family or spy x family as it's written because the x is as silent as it is in hunter hunter mm -hmm. um yeah uh varies it it only it premiered last week but crunchyroll apparently the dub is going they're they're going very hot on the heels with it it's going to be only one week behind so uh, the first dub episode will be out in uh, just a few days, and so we'll watch it and we'll discuss it, and uh, hopefully the dub will be decent enough. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I've read the manga, which is part of the reason I'm t I think it would be interesting because I remember liking it, and I think you'll probably like it. But it's probably it's mm -hmm. the kind of show where I think after three episodes you can probably tell whether it's for you or not. Mm -hmm. All right. So that will be spy. Uh, that will be we'll be checking out next week. In addition to our regular stuff, and oh you right, forgot. yeah, you they forgot. are. Uh, uh, Toonami will be premiering uh, Loop on the Third Part Six this week. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I had forgotten that until just a moment ago. Um, so it's going to be Loop on. And I'm disappointed it's not Yasuhime. I know they're going to air Yasuhime. That's why I'm waiting for it. I figure... If I get spoiled, I get spoiled, you know? Uh, I just... <coughs> uh, I just want to wait for it to be on Toonami, so it's... <coughs> Oh man, I'm sorry about that. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, so, um, yeah, don't really have much else to say. Yeah. There are some openings coming up for Toonami that might be Yashihime. We've got, I think, two episodes left of Shenmue, and we've only got three episodes left of Attack on Titan. So there's a pretty good chance we might be seeing Yashihime there to replace those series. Oh, I was... Uh, some reason I was thinking Kaguya-sama, but I'm like, no, they never aired Kaguya-sama. That's just us. It's just we want to watch Kaguya-sama. And I, you, do you think it would fit on Toonami? I don't think it would. Toonami's like... Shown in heaven, you know? Well, they aired Pop Team Epic. <laughs> and um, Mob Psycho 100. Yeah, although Mob Psycho 100 was... it was That was also kind of pretty shonen. Like, you know, it, it wasn't... like It was a bit different than your typical shonen, like, battle series. You know, it was more comedic, although I'll admit a lot of the comedy didn't work that well for me, but... It's uh, it, it still wasn't that far out. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Kaguya-sama, but they probably won't because, I mean, especially it's. I've heard that with the Crunchyroll a Funimation merger, it has made it. It might have made it harder for them to get some titles, like uh, which might see be why both Made in Abyss and uh, Loop on the Third Part Six, those aren't Funimation or Crunchyroll titles. They're stuff that Sentai Filmworks have. Uh, their, their stuff is mostly on High Dive. Um, so we might be seeing more things like that going forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in... Kaguya-sama coming back, although I still don't know why it's called Kaguya-sama, because, well, maybe they call her by that in Japanese, but they never really trans translate that over into, like, there's only been one show I've ever seen that actually used the honorifics, that was uh, K-On, but... Like, at least if they were calling her, like, Lady Kaguya or something like that, then I'd be like, okay, now it makes sense why they're calling her that. But it's like, they never do that in a dub, so why is why is that the title of the show, you know? Yeah. I'm not... We don't know exactly when the dub will premiere. We know there is a dub. They announced there will be a dub, but we don't know exactly when it'll... Be we'll pro it'll probably be out by the time we finish because we're still planning to go through some of the Fate Stay Night movies once we finish with that. That we'll probably uh, add it on after that. Yeah. Okay. So that's all of our discussion for this week. We'll be here again next week for the end of Fate Stay Night, the uh, uh, start of Spy Family, and also. Um, Loop on the third part six. Mm -hmm. See you then. Bye me.